It was the case of the missing bracers, and it was a mess. Steve's behavior was appalling, to say the least, and Diana's was a shadow of the princess she'd been in the Golden Age, which wasn't saying much. Were we missing something? Or had this retcon taken the worst aspect of the Golden Age and magnified them to an unbearable level? Steve and Diana weren't slowing down anytime soon, so we tailed them to see where their next misadventure would take us. I'm Matthew. And I'm John, and we are the DC Detectives. It is our job to go back through the annals of DC Comics history and chronicle the evolution of all your favorite heroes from start to every reversible finish. More Wonder Woman, and we're... I'm, I'm, I'm finding it hard to say that these are better, but they are fundamentally more like the Time Master stories from the last episode that we did. Mm. I, so I will actually... I do think they're better, at least in the sense that they're not shooting themselves in the foot as often. Eh, but... I'm at least not hating on Steve as much, with the exception of that first story. Right. That's the I, last I, story that I think continues the Steve Trevor storyline. I have statistical analysis that says that Steve Trevor is better than he was. Than the last episode we did. Whether yes. or not he's better in general is entirely a moot point. Okay, yes. But statistically better than he was when all... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> Do you okay. want to know why he's improved? Yes. Because starting in that final story, he basically kisses fake Wonder Woman's and then discovers the real one because of how her lips feel. He's better because instead of Wonder Woman just lapping it off or being like, ha ha, like, yeah, now I don't have to marry you, try a little harder, et cetera, et cetera. She goes, did you have to kiss them? Did you have to? And finally, Skeef Trevor goes, Oh no, my angel doesn't love me as much anymore. Right. I have done wrong, and that is why he is better. Yeah, he actually... Women, speak up. <laughs> Slap your man on the wrist. There you go. So, <laughs> since we since we just talked about it, I guess, we should jump into it, unless you've got something... Uh, just kind of piling onto that, like, I, I do think that it's an interesting comparison that I wound up making, is... Golden Age Diana is so much sassier and takes so much less shit. And partly part of that is because there is more, like, out-and-out out shit thrown her way. Uh, there is more, uh, I, there's got to be a term, but, like, out-and-out out visible racism, or sexism. Uh, and so there are fewer opportunities in the Silver Age for her to push back at that. But, absolutely, it was great to see her have teeth because she had so many, so much sharper teeth Back in the Golden Age. It makes me sad that we don't have sassy Diana anymore. Right. Well, we're going to jump right into it because Shannon's already digging her, you know, her teeth and her daggers into it. Uh, we're going to start with Wonder Woman number 102, November 1958. Uh, as Shannon said, Steve and Diana are transported to a dimension that is comprised of giant versions of everything. Giant humans, giant flora and fauna. And the giant there says, we're going to invade your world unless you show us something that is miraculous that we think that we have no counter to. So... Well, it was they overheard him saying he could pick her out. Right. Which, 
I don't know why that would be the thing that they say, like, wow, that guy can pick out his his beloved from any woman in the world? Let's figure this shit out. That Especially because can... he's already failed at doing it. Right. And they use, like, three pages about how they abduct them. Right. It's like they drive off into the sky into a new dimension. And, and what's really dumb about this is, like, that ability seems to be the thing that's going to deter these giants from assaulting our, our planet is the ability to pick your your beloved out from a crowd. So the guy says, if you say you're so good at it, here's three identical versions of your of your girl. Figure out which one's the right one. And Steve uh, puts all three women through some ridiculous, stupid trials to kind of determine whether or not like you are the real Wonder Woman because you can do things that the real Wonder Woman does. And he's baffled because they all can. Because they're identical. Which... I feel like he should have figured out immediately because when he said they're identical, it should have been like, okay, well, they can all then do everything because there's nothing different about them. He should have done something else. I don't know. but Also, kudos for the Giants for being able to build that. Yeah. That tiny as well. Yeah, that quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So what Steve finds out is by kissing the the, uh, the Wonder Women is that two of them were robots and one of them was alive, which you didn't figure that out by, like, touching them. Just like on the shoulder and be like, hey, are you fake or, or flesh? And <laughs> Fake or flesh, it's the new game show. Yeah. <laughs> fake or flesh with Steve Trevor. <laughs> oh no, I'm imagining it now. That's, that's a, a Mojoverse shit. Uh, that's a Booster Gold show that he's trying to get off the ground with Steve. And Booster's just really struggling with it because the name is really just not catching on. Um, but... Steve finds out that these other two women are robots and the giant's like, holy shit, you can tell your woman is yours by kiss alone you guys are fucking crazy we're not invading you and like that's like the excuse like that's what they say like i think the line is something like you have a power we have not understood yeah and i'm like has he though is tactile sensation and memory recall like something you guys don't have in this dimension regardless he leaves they they back off steve and diana go back to earth and as shannon said diana gives him shit like saying was you couldn't do literally anything else not ask them memories about what we used to do not like I, or kiss anything. me first. Did well, you have to kiss me? How is he supposed them? to know which, yeah. which one is that one? That's, he, but that's yeah. what she said. That, that was right. how she framed it. It was, did you have to get wrong on the first try? Right, which, to his credit, they're all identical visually. How is he supposed to distinguish? Other than, I guess, the fake or flesh game. <laughs> um, but really, like he didn't go like, what did I say to you when we first met? Or what restaurant do we like to go to? It, it's you know? actually really interesting... To me, that was one of the things I called out, that the way they tried to identify, and specifically the, the way that the writers, the framed as how you could identify, is what Wonder Woman can do. It's not who Wonder Woman is. It yeah. was never, like, the you, you expect one of these to be a trolley problem. You expect, like, oh, this is what the real Wonder Woman would do. She would never have sawn a baby in half. Yeah. Uh, but instead, it's, how super are you really? It would be really disappointing if I weren't so fascinated. Which also, again, supports the theory that Steve Trevor literally knows nothing about Diana. He just knows Wonder Woman. It doesn't. He isn't taking the time to learn anything about her or make any meaningful relationships with her. He's just, you're super, and that's amazing. He's literally blinded by her costume still. Yeah. The pretty bobble that is Wonder Woman. Yeah. So, boo, Steve. Uh, in Wonder Woman number 103, January 1959. Happy New Year! 
Tara, the hip Amazon photographer, who is dressed like no other Amazon, and also the other Amazons who are in the museum on and Paradise Edna Island. And Edna Mode would have an opinion about her. Yeah, she has a cape. Because no capes. There's no capes, and Tara has a cape <laughs> on her. It took me a minute to place the character name. Um, That's so good. Every Amazon photographer learning from Tara in the Paradise Island Museum is wearing a romper for some reason. Like, none of them are wearing togas or Grecian uh, I outfits. thought it was just, like, like uh, retro sci-fi kind it of It looked look. like was they were all romper? wearing, like, sing- like singlet rompers with, with belts. Well, you could huh. argue that Wonder Woman's outfit might actually be a singlet romper. Fair. That's true. But I, I was more like, huh. Hippolyta's dressed in, like, togas and crap. Your queen is dressed this way. Why are you all dressed weirdly anachronistically futuristic? Hey, we don't need to be like that old fuddy-duddy. And they're all, like, they're immortal. It's been the same people, so... Right, I just... It's weird to me that, like, Hippolyta isn't dressing differently. Like, she's the one that has maintained the the grand damn, you know, Greek status. The old dignity. The old... We we don't dress that way. Uh, We are not amused. Uh, She's she's very much the queen. 100 years dungeon! Yeah. 100 years dungeon! Um, But anyway, Tara, the the photographer Amazon in her fancy romper with cape, uh, is describing to the Amazons who are in the museum how she took these wondrous photos of Wonder Woman in combat or adventure or these moments where she is saving people and all the pictures seem to be blank for the purpose of discussion and really Tara begins to explain that all these fantastic instances are Wonder Woman in the middle of a tidal wave saving a bunch of people Wonder Woman in a blizzard etc 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 and her shutter freezes and her shutter freezes so the Amazons just think that Tara is being lazy and she's not taking pictures and then Wonder Woman shows up says hi to Tara and they're like oh Wonder Woman can we get a picture and then she's called away to some danger and none of them get a picture of her and they're like oh yeah you're right I guess Wonder Woman is always doing stuff and it's just an example it's just a story to show a variety of different situations where Wonder Woman is saving people without Steve Trevor and with some more Amazons and this is also one of the first times it really clicked with me that they were they're really saying wonder woman has super speed at this point right like we had the the one story last time where she like vibrated through the doors but it's interesting to me that they're really leaning into no she is legit super speed not just like a really really fast runner it's no, she is like flash levels right. of fast. and we will get to that yeah as just for wait. the story they're yep. about to confirm yep. um the second story in Wonder Woman number 103 is with the gadget maker, who is a guy, a villain who sends Wonder Woman a box that has a bunch of small objects in it, and every time she opens the box, one of the objects jumps out, grows large, and becomes dangerous to her. She ends up, of course, besting all of these objects, which are inanimate, but just giant bombs, and eventually she jumps in the box herself, shrinks down, and the box somehow just flies its way back to the gadget master, and I like how that's what has you uh, flummoxed instead of the shrinking. Well, science. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm also more flummoxed on the idea that why why does he dislike her so? They didn't even yeah. mm-hmm. lead that in. The best they have was at the very end. He's like, or when he gets the box back, he's like, oh, it's a sign that Wonder Woman has been defeated. Now, like, there's nothing stopping evil madness in this world. And I went, why, why could you not have said that before as to why you're sending her this lovely little We want a monologue. Yeah. We want a monologue. We want a backstory. Um, well, it's the same way with Time Master. Yeah. There was no reason for him to be doing literally anything, so much so, in fact, that he just disappeared without even being brought to justice because everything he was doing was essentially benign 
because it was just because he could. Like, so far, the Silver Age Wonder Woman villains just seem to be doing shit because they can without any real recourse happening to them. And that's what's weird to me, is that they're all male. And none of them have had anything bad actually happen to them. I also want to know why they don't target Steve Trevor, then. Because, specifically in this one, it's mailed to Steve Trevor's office for Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman as Diana Prince... Ends right. up seeing it and being like, oh, this is for me, but I can't open it. There's a lot There's a lot of Gardner Foxing going around. We're just <laughs> glossing over details for the sake of, for the purpose of plot. So we're just going to deal with that in our stride. Um, but of course, yes, the gadget maker gets the box back and Wonder Woman beats him up. Not really. She just ties him up with a lasso and says, you're done. And he's like, yeah, I guess I am. Wonder Woman number 104, February 1959. Wonder Woman and Steve get fortunes from a weighing machine at a carnival. Which are fortune cookie fortunes like, oh, like, you, the one you love is right beside you, and uh, you will survive your trials by fire. And Steve, and mind you, these are, this is Diana Prince and Steve. So Steve is like, Diana, I wonder what your trials by fire are going to be. Like, he's hanging out actively with Diana, just because, I guess. And she's like, oh, I don't know. And of course, she's beside Steve, and he doesn't think that his true love is right beside him, because she he doesn't know that she's Wonder Woman. And the trials that she goes through are really silly um her trials by fire are she saves steve from a hail of bullets with her bracers hey they show up oh my gosh um she blows up a sub with a giant firecracker and the sub shoots an atomic missile she blows it up with it's a with the giant firecracker that she somehow finds and gets that that's the thing that's happening so here's the question ding oh that's a ding okay good. that's a ding good. i'm counting that she, she, Wonder Woman is on the board, ladies and gentlemen. Her and Flash in the Silver Age are the only two people who have killed so far. And it's been subs both yeah, times. Yeah, both times. They are number one, their number one kill is a sub. And I will say, yes, it was intentional because she knew it was a nuke. Yep. She knew from sight that it was a nuclear warhead. And she knew she was writing a gigantic thing of TNT that they stumble upon at a site where they're like, we're just going to see this thing blow up. She knew that she was on something that was explosive. So yeah, that's yeah, a No, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, she blows up the sub, and when she gets out of the water, she sees two fireboats trying to stop another boat, a larger boat, from being on fire, and she helps them by not being on fire, because they catch on fire as well, by making a, a rainstorm with some science magic. Um, she fights a giant firebug after being shrunk at a flea circus with Steve. And I... Alright, I have a problem with this section in particular. <laughs> So when her and when Diana Prince and Steve find a flea circus, they're like, oh, cool, a flea circus. Let's do that, two, said two grown adults with no children. Um, they go they go to this flea circus, and the guy's like, I'll, say, I'll give you guys a special show. And shrinks both of them. He shrinks two adults dressed in military uniform, and then watches them fight a firebug, a firefly, and when one of them turns out to be Wonder Woman, she kind of, like, lassos his nose to get them to stop doing it, regrows them, and nothing is ever said about the mysterious flea circus owner who shrinks people for fun. <laughs> that guy's just dropped. That guy's a supervillain in his own right. He's just taking strangers and shrinking them and putting them in his flea circus to have gladiatorial matches with his insect pets. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, is that not a thing that we're going to talk about? How is he not the villain of the story? 
How is he not the end game? But but wait, there's more. After that, after we just forget about that guy who, who shrunk two grown adults, and Steve's not even like, what the fuck was that? Are we going to arrest this guy? Steve was like, nah, fuck it, we're done. And moves on with his life. They go and they see a fire, a legit fire that's happening, and Wonder Woman saves another young woman who's in the fire. And those are her trials by fire. What? Are we not talking about the flea circus guy? <laughs> like, the ringleader. That's his name, right there. Boom, you're welcome, oh. DC. Ringleader. There he All is. Right. He shrinks people, puts them in a human flea circus. The fleas are actually shrunk people that he's he's forcing to do the circus crap. You're welcome. That's a real story. That's at least one issue. How is that not a character that anyone ever did anything with? I want to see a Hellblazer issue of Yeah, that. yeah, give him Hellblazer, Zatanna, uh, Madame Xanadu, hell, Phantom Stranger. I'll let even Dr. Fate handle this guy. But come <laughs> no, on. No, Maybe it's no. magical. I don't know. Nobody knows. We just came and went in one page like it was nothing. Like he didn't shrink Wonder Woman. Like he didn't shrink Steve Trevor and he didn't make them fight a giant insect for reasons unknown. He doesn't, he doesn't go, like, I've got a show to do, thanks for doing, for making entertainment, or there's no betting, it's not like an experiment to see that he's made this new firebug creature, it's just, yeah, I want, I want you guys to find a, a bug. Like, it's just him in the tent, it's just him. Is it's this what he does? Just for his entertainment? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, is this what he does on, like, a Saturday, where it's like, oh, sweet two people, come on, come on. Come on, yes, they're going in. And uh, <laughs> shrink! This is like what he does. This is like, this is his thing. How is that guy not a supervillain? <laughs> okay, I just want to point out that this is another sign of the difference between the Silver Age and the Golden Age. We've had, I think, three stories in this chunk that we've covered just today that are have some severe like size, size differences. We've got the one where they're abducted by other dimensional giants. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, Wonder Woman is shrunk as part of get, getting the box stuff. Uh, and then now Flea Circus. If this were this, the Golden Age, we would be saying, oh, found another Marston fetish. Yeah. It, but that's the thing. Like, it, I don't, I can't quite, yeah. I can't quite ascribe this to fetishism because we have seen giant stuff in other, other uh, comics of this era. And it doesn't have quite the fan service isn't the right word but I guess the self-indulgence of uh, Chris Claremont and yeah. everyone being in diapers uh, I don't yeah. think this is a fetish I know that there is a fetish out there of uh, giantesses size difference, uh, shrinking, enlarging but it interests me that we don't get to say that about Wonder Woman where when something just pops up a bunch of times I don't know but it could be the birth of the magical girl I don't know, mm. but can we look at just how many times she just goes from Diana Prince to Wonder Woman back to Diana Prince? I'm like, okay, I know where your costume is hidden when you're Diana Prince. It's just under your outfit. Where's your Diana Prince outfit when you're Wonder Woman? Yeah, and I'm imagining the Wonder this. Woman like uh, spin around and right? like the the Wonder Woman outfit starts like. Uh, Sailor transforming, Sailor mooning up. Yeah. In, in the name of Themyscira, I will punish you. Yes, right. I'm going, this is the Birth the Magical Girl anime. If you hadn't already come up with this, you're welcome. Yeah, I don't know. That's actually really interesting. I'd be curious to know, like, when the first Magical Girl manga came out, 
That's a good question. And what and I like I don't know. Like if it would it coincided with Wonder Woman how like how late Wonder Woman was into its thing. I don't know. Uh, the second story in Wonder Woman 104 is Wonder Woman and Steve are tricked by the Duke of Deception. You're right, he came back, but now he's a Martian. So yeah. I just want to I want to go back at one point and see all the different versions of Martians and then just be like, hey, Martian Manhunter, what the fuck? <laughs> like, is everybody yeah. just, like, manipulating what they look like all the time? Or is this really what Marsh, like Mars looks like? So, Mars is full of Martians that look like stuff. Uh, uh, did Shannon find a magical girl thing? Oh, yeah. wow. 1953. So, it's possible Damn. that it was inspired by yeah. Wonder Woman. because so it, it, it been regarded the Princess Knight manga released in 1953. Is the prototype for the magical girl genre. It's possible then. Huh, it's very good. Mitsuno Akochan, serialized nine years later, 1962, in Ribbon, is generally accepted to be the earliest magical girl manga. I would be interested to read, like, manga from that era. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's fascinating, like, how much anime and manga have changed just in the past, like, 15 years. And then you think about, like, how, like, Ranma looked. Back in the day versus, okay, now we've got, like, God, One Punch Man looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. So, again, Duke of Deception, uh, before we got sidetracked by Magical Girls. Um, he decides that Wait, the, the way girl to... girl bands aside? Yeah, girl, uh, Magical Girls aside. I think that works. Yeah. So, boy bands and Magical Girls aside. Um... The Duke of Deception has decided that the, the key to winning and invading Earth is by getting Wonder Woman to not be there. No, no, not just not be there. He initially wants her to be the general to yeah. lead their armies. That's right. Against Earth. And, and, and failing that, failing that, which you know he can't turn Wonder Woman to do, he's just going to put her in a ship that's at the head of all of his armadas symbolically like she's leading the charge they, like that's the thing the whole way through they're just saying lead the forces and all i can come up with is that they mean it literally instead of figuratively right so he somehow catches and kidnaps steve trevor and wonder woman with a stupid magic science fiction key thing it's dumb it doesn't matter it doesn't yeah. matter none of it matters but what does matter is that wonder woman kills a whopping 17 ships Mm -hmm. I looked, they had cracked atmospheric things, and I was like, well, if that cracks in the middle of the vacuum of space, those people are dead. And the, I'm done with that. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is, except for the last ship, we don't know I didn't count that manned. one. I didn't count that one purely also because she didn't do it. That was a rocket mm -hmm. that was launched from Earth. So, true. Uh, we don't know that the other ships were manned. No, but we... I feel but it like, seems likely. It, it feels seems like they likely. are. It's not a situation like in Flash when they were unmanned rockets. It mm -hmm. looks like they're being piloted. I think we can safely say that these. this is an invasion fleet. Mm -hmm. I assume there's people on it. That's true. We, you know, we, it is reasonable to assume that there are armies right. somewhere. So she destroys 17 ships by herself in her stupid invisible spacesuit that Shannon mentioned last time that's the laziest spacesuit ever that Alpha the scientific Q Amazon makes it's an invisible suit that can withstand heat cold in space and it just looks like she's not wearing anything which like not wearing any spacesuit so she's in her just Wonder Woman garb in space doing stuff and she does it all in that garb just flying around and blowing stuff up and I was like way to go Wonder Woman you just you're further on the board than Flash uh, Wonder Woman number 105, the last story that we're going to talk about, April 1958. Um, this is the first appearance of Wonder Woman as a girl, so it's Wonder Girl, technically. So it's Teenage Diana kind of probably doing the same thing as Superboy that they're doing with uh, Superman. Um, 
but it's the first time I've ever seen Wonder Girl mm-hmm. used in comics that we've been dealing with. So this is the retcon of Diana's powers. Aphrodite, Athena, Hermes, and Hercules all give her abilities. And Aphrodite gives her beauty, Athena gives her wisdom, Hermes gives her speed, and Hercules gives her strength. And that's... Amazing, though, is all of these gods are able to give her more than what they have. That is an interesting point, yeah. Better than that. Where they go, I will make you stronger than me, faster than me. It's like, why would you do that? Like, why wouldn't you just keep the best for yourself? (laughs) Especially the Greek gods. Like, the Greek gods are jealous. Right. And now I have to check, did Aphrodite do that? Okay, she just does one of the fairest of maids throughout the world. Okay, she doesn't make her more beautiful than her. Yeah. Because Aphrodite, Aphrodite is petty. Because I was petty. like, whoa, <laughs> Aphrodite is the pettiest of, well, right. they're all pretty Arachne? Arachne? Arachne is, oh, yeah. This is the story with Aphrodite. So, Wonder Woman gets all these powers, and it's just a story of how Wonder Girl helps the Amazons get to Themyscira after... All the Amazonian men die at war? I hate that retcon. Which is oh, weird. Oh, it was so bad. Which is weird and weird and dumb. Uh, also, Diana in this instance is also born of Hippolyta. No, made out of clay yet, so we, uh. we're not seeing that golden age. She was just her daughter. We don't see any of her origin there. Um, the second story in Wonder Woman number 105 is there's a pterodactyl in space that takes Diana and Steve to the moon Titan, which uh, is around Saturn. Wherein apparently there's an entire planet full of cavemen and dinosaurs just chilling. Well, not really a planet, it's a moon, so a celestial body. That is inhabited and livable by humans and dinosaurs. And the only reason the humans haven't progressed further in their technological advancement to the, the rate as the humans on Earth have uh, is because the dinosaurs keep killing them, essentially. So Wonder Woman just zooms up all the dinosaurs, like in Jurassic Park style. and By the way, we know how that story ends. Exactly. And this is the scary thing. This is actually the most irresponsible thing that Wonder Woman does. Is mind meld with one of the cavemen and give him all of her knowledge of culture and technology up until this point. And that's the most irresponsible thing that she can possibly do. One, she can do that. Yeah. Yeah. One, that's a thing you can do. Fantastic. I just assumed that telepathic communication was as far as that extended, not telepathic information transfer. Because I'm going, dude, why don't you just do that, become a teacher? You're going to be brilliant. Exactly. However, doing this to a cave person is very dangerous because now one cave person is smarter than all of them. Yeah, she's just set up a god king. Yeah, she set up a terrifying ruler of technology who now can speak English knows how to use technology, and knows politics. But none of the other cave people do. None of them do. She didn't do it to like five or six or ten or whatever. She did it to just one, and now that person has all the power. And I was like, that's incredibly irresponsible, Diana. Bad call. Um, That's the end of our summary. I will bring this one thing up. This is something I wanted to mention at the end that's going to kind of cap off my notes. If you notice, throughout all the stories we have read to this point, Wonder Woman is always shouting. She has no sentences that end in periods. They are all no. exclamation really? points. I checked. She is shouting all the time, except for question marks, which I would also assume yeah, she could be yeah. shouting during. Not a single balloon has a period, and it freaked me the hell out. Holy no. fuck. She is constantly Holy shouting fuck. at the top Gagger, of her lungs. what are you doing? Shannon's looking through it right now to double check oh me. Oh my god. 
No. <laughs> no. This is like, no. <laughs> I mean, there's some ellipses, but when she yeah. finally finishes no, but the ellipses. When she finishes the sentence, yeah. This no. actually explains so much. When she finishes a thought, she's shouting. Oh, oh, I found one. The unicorn easily tossed it off, exclamation point. This means the lasso's powers have not yet returned, period. That's, I the, found first, that's the first sentence that what? I've ever seen in all of the writing that we've done. We read over 200 pages of Wonder Woman in the yeah. Silver Age, written by Robert Kaniger. And, and it's and even outside of the range of comics we were looking at. Yeah. Oh, wow. Nope, nope, nope. None of this. Oh yeah, we haven't even got into that one. Sorry guys. That no, it's fine. It's totally fine. No, you, you were you were double checking me, which is valid, one. which is totally oh valid to double check me. But like, no, no. <laughs> She's even thought bubbling. Yeah, all of her thought bubbles are exclamation points. Why is she shouting all the time? I'm not sure it's shouting, but it's always this like aggressive exclamation. Thing. It's an exclamation yeah. point. So whatever it is. It's to me. It's a shout, and I just—that's what I'm hearing in my brain theater. Is Wonder no. Woman constantly shouting at Steve Trevor? Oh. <laughs> it's amazing. I didn't want to bring this up because no. I didn't think I was correct. Oh, no, but I got. I, right. I, I also got to mention this as well. I think Steve is always shouting too. I think. Then maybe it's just a protagonist thing. It might be a Kaniger thing. Because now I want to go back and oh, read Flash. No. Oh no! There's got to be everyone's like shouting all the time. It's sh- Oh my gosh, everyone. The villains are doing... What What no. about the narrator boxes? Those, I think, are songs. Those sons. are like ellipses all okay. the time. Yeah. Okay, okay. The narrator boxes are But everyone's shouting. All day, it's all like day. everything's constantly yeah, exciting. ellipses all day. Everything day. is constantly exciting. God, that's why she can't be sassy, is because you can't... Like, sassy is kind of like, deliver a statement <laughs> instead of an exclamation. <laughs> no. I'm glad I opened your eyes up to this, oh, guys. Oh, no. This I is see not okay. Our eyes are open. Yeah. I uh, can see clearly now the period is gone. <laughs> Anyway, so Matt, you got any notes other than... I, I got notes, but I hurt. Yeah. I'm hurting. <laughs> okay, so one of them, uh, I touched a little bit on this at the beginning, and this is actually a really good, great place to segue off of. Uh, one of the things that strikes me comparing Golden Age to Silver Age is that Silver Age Wonder Woman is very self-serious, and both her as a character... And the stories. Yeah. Like, we talked a little bit about how the stories are kind of ridiculous in a way, but it's not ridiculous in a played-for-laughs way. Like, the penny, uh, throwing, trying to throw the penny across and a bird flies out and just right. randomly grabs it. Like, that isn't played for laughs. It's just like a, oh my, that's a turn of events. Uh, and Wonder Woman herself, like, the fact that she's yelling all the time really exp- sort of puts a well puts a period on it uh but or i guess puts an exclamation mark on it in this case (laughs) but uh that she takes herself very seriously whereas before we had very sassy diana but also even beyond diana we had sassy characters like the stories were they weren't always funny but they always were trying for laughs we had uh, Etta Candy. Like, mm-hmm. Etta Candy was always cracking lies about Etta chocolate. Candy. Yeah. Chocolate and Texas. Uh, Diana sasses back. Uh, Amazons think that a tennis racket is for spanking. Like, even if you take the explicitly, like, the sex stuff out, 
you still have a bunch of jokes and situational comedy. Uh, and you don't have that in Silver Age uh, Wonder Woman. Which is why, uh, the, to bring this back around, when we got the first Wonder Girl story, I don't like the retcon, but I like the story more than yeah. a lot, and basically any of the rest of this. It's because it's more fun. Because she is a character who is not taking herself seriously. And as a result, the story itself is a little more lighthearted. I would actually be really interested to look whether she is all exclamation marks or if there are some she periods. She is all exclamation marks. Really? Okay, that makes me sad. <laughs> but Shannon's still looking, everybody. I <laughs> have yet to find a period. But fundamentally, these are... Even though these are structured very similarly to the more whimsical, like, Superman stories and... Uh, uh, world's finest they're in tone they're much more martian manhunter yeah and they absolutely suffer for it self-serious without actually being like without hitting the mark really yeah yeah, yeah. it's that it doesn't execute well uh, uh joie de vivre is yeah. the word that i was thinking of yeah. with uh with uh wonder girl and with past uh diana and with superman they like and, a certain je ne sais quoi we, there you go. See, no. we know French. We know those three <laughs> phrases. No, je t'aime. No, it's important one. Je sais un peu de français, n'est pas beaucoup, mais c'est un un trop petit peu. Omelette du fromage. Yeah, I speak a little That's French. That's what I got. Uh, all right, so I talked a little bit about how I had statistical evidence that Steve yes. Tre Trevor is less awful. Correct. Uh, and specifically, it's the nicknames because. We talked a little bit last time, and certainly this time. So, I looked through the first two issues that we covered last last uh, episode, and then some of the ones that we covered this time. In the first two issues, he Steve calls uh, Wonder Woman Angel, uh, I think, 22, 29 times, and he calls her beautiful once, like, purely as names. Like, not as a descriptor, but this is your name, this is right. what I'm calling you. He does, Those are the only two names that he calls her by. In those entire issues. It is never, hey... Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Never. It is never that. Those are the only two names he calls her by. Uh, that being said, then we uh, flash forward uh, to issue 104. Issue 104 is both a problem and a turning point. Because, okay, there's the... One of the... I think the first story is him and Diana Prince. And I think it's the, like, uh, constantly, like, changing back and forth between Diana and Wonder Woman personas. Right. So there's a lot of time between Diana and Steve. The trial by fire issue, for those of you playing at home. Yep. Uh, and he is always exclusively calling Diana Prince Die. Again, another diminutive uh, nickname. But... Then, in the second half of the issue, uh, in one of the later stories, he starts calling Wonder Woman by that name. And the next issue, Diana, he actually calls Diana the full name. And it's, like, they're still Angel, but it's mixed in with Angel, Wonder Woman, Diana, Di. It's more like an actual nickname. You think he might have asked her, at this point, what her real name is? Because Wonder, Wonder Woman can't be her birth name. Unless it's the very first Marston. Well, <laughs> Lois has never asked Superman what his name is. She just calls him Superman. I like you would it. think you'd think she'd be like Is she in a relationship with Superman? She's trying to marry him. You'd think she'd probably ask that question. I like the idea uh, that every time Steve asks, she just starts screaming. <laughs> ah! 
Uh, or, like, Carol doesn't ask Green Lantern what his name is. Ooh, I found an mm. instance where there's not an exclamation point. Oh. Are you ready? Mm. It literally has no punctuation. <laughs> yes. All right, that made me laugh. And it's Hippolyta during Wonder Woman's choosing She goes, choosing start ceremony. the race. With, with no, nothing. with no, start the ra- race. 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 I am entertained. Uh, more generally, so... I, I wound up doing some thinking about nicknames just as a sort of adjunct to this. Uh, nicknames really do kind of define, like, they're, they're used to define a person's space, a position in a social space. Uh, and nicknames can absolutely be used for control. That is absolutely what Steve Trevor is doing in all of this. He is asserting dominance and asserting power by using diminutive, reductive nicknames. Uh, and it's good that he stops doing that. But man, that is... As indicative of anything, as anything of the fact that he was Skeev Trevor for a long time. Right, and I and I was thinking about this just because it, it comes to mind now because we mentioned Lois. Um, looking at the significant others in the Silver Age that we've encountered so far, Carol, Lois, and Steve are the worst. Carol keeps trying to forcibly marry the Green Lantern, even though he seems to not be into it. And every time she tries to propose to him, he get he finds a way out of it. You'd think she might get some hints that maybe he's not down. Lois is stalking Superman and trying to uncover his secret identity so that she can marry him. Or not know his secret identity, just to marry him. She wants to marry him, and that's her thing. And she doesn't care about like the life-threatening things that he's saving or stopping, and that like revisionist history guy from... The future That's right. issue. She just wants to find parts in the history to see who he marries. And then you've got Steve, who's in love with Wonder Woman as an idea and not Wonder Woman as a person. The only so far good significant others are Iris, who seems to just be like, Hi, Barry. Maybe you mm-hmm. should just like be on time sometimes. You know? And doesn't seem to... like They're already engaged, so they know that they're, to get, they're gonna be together. And they seem secure in their relationship. She's just mad he's always late. And somehow, sometimes popping in and out when doing Flash stuff. Um, and the gal from the Martian Manhunter storyline that was interested in John because he was a good detective and very handsome. And I'm like, mm-hmm. those are qualities that a person might like someone for. And doesn't, doesn't stalk him. She never shows up again. But she definitely tries to ask him out, and when he doesn't seem receptive, she's just like, okay. And then, like, she's gone again, presumably. But it's interesting that those two characters, who are the healthiest in their infatuation, are less in the comics than other characters, than mm-hmm. Carol, Steve, and Lois. I think that's actually probably a large part of it, because the more screen time you get, the more you need to be a key part of the story. And, right. you like, in our experience, and that's meant... Cells. Yep. In our experience, the more screen time someone gets, the more they need to be part of the problem. Uh, Let's see. Story structure. So, just a little note uh, that's kind of been about the the Silver Age in general, I guess. And this especially. Like, these Wonder Woman stories leaned heavily into what I'm now referring to as the uh, Legend of Zelda story structure. Where you know you need to collect eight. Uh, eight crystals uh, uh, you need to do eight dungeons there are modular challenges like you mm. walk in and it's like oh here are three different Wonder Womans uh, I need to talk with one and face a couple challenges 
walk over, talk to the other face couple challenges to rule each of them out. Uh, or you've got Superman being like, hey, I need to uh, grant seven wishes to this guy so that uh, he doesn't take this guy's land. Right. Uh, there's a lot of that in these kinds of stories. And there are strengths and minuses. Uh, one big minus to it that I feel, uh, that that hits me especially, I guess is the way to put it, is that it makes each story feel more like a collection of pieces instead of a momentum of a whole. Which is really what we see more of in... Uh, the Flash and Green Lantern stories. There are two examples that I came up with that even came close. There's, I think it was the very last story that we covered under Green Lantern. We might not even have covered it, where he meets uh, Taure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, okay, we have two different planets that are under siege, and we need to, and we'll split up, and one, I'll handle one, and then you'll handle the other, and then he needs to go help uh, Taure with it as well. Tomare? Uh, Tomare? Tomare. Uh, yeah, Tomare. I was close. Uh, and then there's the other one with Flash that has Matryoshka nesting boxes. Right. But the key thing with both of those, I think, was it was never clear, or especially with the boxes, it was never like, oh, I know there are going to be three boxes and something's going to be happening during each of those on opening. It's like, okay, it's done. There's another box? Right. This, yeah, the story ended after the third, but it was never like, three boxes, three challenges, you know? Yeah, and it feels, as a result, the stories in Flash and Green Lantern, in general, feel more like a cohesive, uh, a oneness of momentum, I guess, as compared to, all right, well, we've got three challenges, and then it's done. Right. Especially yeah. these Wonder Woman stories do often segment themselves into three yep. parts, so you know there's going to be three challenges, and that's really the, the lack of surprise there. Is it's always like one big mag, but it's separated in three parts, because you know that they're taking the advertising space into account, and that's what's breaking it up, as opposed to just writing a story. So it's actually interesting. Like, the advertising isn't necessarily just all at the end. Uh, right. It's sometimes it is actually, like, midway through a chapter. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Like, there are pluses and minuses to that kind of modular uh, storytelling, but it it's much more prevalent in what I've referred to as Electrum Age stories. All right. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. I actually really like the idea that the Amazons and Diana are immortal as long as they never leave Paradise Island. Like I just hate so much of how they got there. It's I fucking one, hate like, that. I fucking hate that. The men apparently did all the fighting, and then because they were sad, they just wanted to find a place to go and sort of happened upon this island perchance, and then luckily the gods were like, cool beans, this is great. And so it was mostly a bunch of whiny women. And I'm like, cool, well, now you have an immortal island of, like, loser women. I guess the mm -hmm. good thing is they're immortal, so they finally figured out they didn't need men and became badass. Yeah, nothing about the challenges that Wonder Woman undertakes to be Wonder Woman are inherently soldier-y. Yeah. There's nothing about the Amazon society that makes it seem as though they are warrior women. It is just a society of scientifically advanced Greek-themed women. I miss the badassery of the earlier Amazons. Well, they they weren't even like that too much in Golden Age. 
they just had a society. It wasn't it wasn't based around warfare like True. Sparta mm-hmm. is believed to be and has and was in history. They were just soldiers as well as scientists and politicians and jailers and weird doe latex wearing people. Like nothing about the Amazons up until this point has ever been remotely militaristic. That's true to a degree. Uh, the Wonder the origin story is retold in Wonder Woman number one. No, I think this was actually the like big old text dump that they did when Wonder Woman first appeared. Uh, there was specifically the hey we were unconquered uh, and then we were tricked by Heracles and enslaved and then we eventually got help to break out. There there was that if nothing right. else they had like the. They certainly had a history of defiance, and I think they were also, like, unchallenged militarily, but that was not something big, especially not on Themyscira afterwards. Right, you can say that, but they didn't show it, and that was the thing, was there's nothing shown in the stories that made them look like they had military might, Mm -hmm. and they lived in a emphatically military society where they prided themselves on warfare. Mm -hmm. But I do think, like, the... I guess the phrase that I'll latch onto that we've lost is defiance. We have lost yeah. the legacy of defiance and independence. Or it doesn't exist as of right now. Yeah, Which true. is more true, I think. That's, because... that's accurate. That's very accurate. Fun fact, uh, for two issues right around this time, The Brave and the Bold was exclusively a Viking comic. Good. What? Good, yes, the good. The Viking Prince. And yes. Two, like four stories, just two in one issue, two in another, and then he's just been a backup story for a while. Fantastic. Love it. Flawless execution. This is apparent, at least according to DC Wikia, this is the first appearance of Duke Deception in this incarnation. So it doesn't seem like there was a point where he like morphed from being the Greek god Deception kind of well, into being. Mind you, the DC Wikia also doesn't know about the Elva Bar and Marguerite Tone aliases for Catwoman. Mm, that's fair. <laughs> because it says that the first appearance of Selena Kyle is in her first appearance in the Batman comics and Detective comics. When in fact she is never named Selena Kyle in those comics, I remember we mm-hmm. checked about that. I, I do so, remember that discussion. Yeah. DC Wikia can be wrong. Fair. It's like we know, It's like everyone told you when you were growing up. Don't trust everything you read on the internet. Yes, Doctor Internet can be wrong. Always seek a second opinion. That's why we exist. <laughs> oh, there is a giant clam that ends up being destroyed. Do, does that get a ding? <sighs> yeah, she kills an animal unwittingly without really. Yeah, I get, I'll give that a ding. So that's um, 19. That's 19 dings this episode for Wonder Woman. <laughs> she's uh, She's got a big old body count in the Silver Age. She was good for the whole yeah, Golden Age. Yeah. She was, wasn't she? She was She was uh, dingless the entire Golden Age. Steve Trevor was the only one that had dings. Mm-hmm. She also started relatively late in the process, like after a lot of other ones had been... Uh, a lot of the other characters had kind of been nerfed down, but little, you're right. Well, yeah, but 1940 compared to 1938 is not. I thought that was 43. No, that's Black Canary. Do you want to consult the no, book of Black all Canary knowledge? Black Canary was 47. Do you want to consult the book of all knowledge? Well, let's consult the book of all knowledge. All right. Well, Sensation Comics. The book of all knowledge is my notebook, by the way. Um. I thought it was your notes for plans for world domination. Wonder Woman. All-Star Comics, number 8, December 1941. I'm wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it was right before... 
for Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. You're right. I'm she's wrong. She's three years. She's three years old, or or three years after Batman and Superman are still probably getting dings all over the place. Yeah. And that's pretty much what I've got. So right. recommendations. Well, first, real quick, mm-hmm. it is not often, unfortunately, that we bring a woman onto the show. And what? Jen and we, we hope to change that by bringing you onto the show more I'm often. I'm always here in spirit. You are. Well, and, and sometimes physically. Really? Joanne, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not true. Joanne, you're always. And Joanne you guys, is here in you spirit. You guys don't bring me on the show. It's when I deign to make my presence That's true. That's true. I have asked you and you're like, I don't really want to talk about Martian Manhunter or yeah. Green Lantern. To be fair, we didn't want to talk about Martian Manhunter after that first I episode. I was sad. <laughs> Still sad. Um, but... Do you have any final thoughts after these two episodes about Wonder Woman that you would like to impart? Ugh. I don't know. I I wish they hadn't retconned her history. While it wasn't brilliant to begin with, this is probably one of the worst backstories I've ever seen. She's at least putting Steve in his place, slapping him on the wrist a little bit, and being more of her own person and not letting other people try to put her in bubbles of what they believe her to be. And so I can appreciate that. I, I still think, I still think she makes me sad as a hero. There, there's less to get excited about. Um, yeah, I look forward to an incarnation where we retcon this backstory. I really look forward to it. I think we all do. Yep. That's it. Bullets and bracers. Yeah. For yes, one, one fleeting moment, she has done what we expect. And unfortunately, she used it to save Steve. Ugh, that lucky son of a bitch. Yep. Um, recommendations? Yeah, so I might, going back to this magical girl thing that we were talking about, one of the more recent magical girl comics that is a really great group of girls um, is, I believe, Zodiac Starforce. Yes, I saw, I saw you buy that recently. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, so Zodiac Starforce is basically a story of what happens when a magical girl group disbands. So they've stopped being a magical girl group, they've stopped going out, and they've sort of, in high school, doing their own cliques and being separated. And of course, there's... Things the universe brings out and goes, you guys, and they they have to get the group back together to save the world. Uh, But it's great. It's, I love the art. It's so cute. I want to cry. But no, highly recommend. It's, it's great. Cool. Fabulous women. Uh, I recently read the DC, the first volume of DC's Bombshells. I think some of the stories that they're doing in there are really good. And it's so pretty. Yeah. Um, the Batwoman story is really good. The Supergirl, Stargirl one is actually really good. I really like that one. Um, mm. What I don't like is that these aren't individual issues per story. It's like each issue has two stories per mm. per issue. And I, I want more time on these characters and not to split it up between them. I know... I know the purpose of this is to bring all the characters together to be part of a Justice League that is run by Amanda Waller that's called the Bombshells and it's all these meta-powerful women. And it's great. Like, that's that doesn't bother me. I just think that the, the way that they're doing it by piecemealing each story in each issue 
doesn't do the stories justice because the Batwoman story is really cool. I really like it. And I really like the Supergirl Stargirl one because there's a lot of emotion that could be had there. And I feel like if it was given its own issues and it was allowed to have a little bit more pacing, it would be really, really like gut-wrenching and tear-jerky and really cool. So, yes, if you pick up Bombshells, you're going to enjoy it. Uh, on my end, I'm going to rec- recommend a webcomic, uh, Dresden Kodak. It has been a while since I caught up on it, sadly. Uh, this is the first, like, big, big story, long-form story that, uh, the guy's done. Uh, Aaron Diaz? I think Aaron Diaz is the guy's name. Uh, but, like, especially the early on of the comic is really well thought out. Futurism, uh, philosophy, and it's very, modular isn't the right word, but, uh, bite-sized um the first like 30 or so comics are each one-offs with recurring characters uh but one-off stories and some they're not just one page but like there'll be one very tall page or something like that uh then you have uh the hob arc which was really interesting look at the role of humanity as we approach the point where we could potentially be post-scarcity and have a bunch of robots basically doing work for us. Uh, Then he started the Dark Science uh, arc, which has been like 90-plus pages, uh, and I still haven't caught up with. But long story short, if you're interested in good, like, futurist thinking, uh, philosophical stuff, uh, general nerdery... Look, this is the guy who wrote a... essentially showed a session of dungeons and discourse where everyone is playing as a different school of philosophy (laughs) and some of the jokes it's like i don't get that google's it oh wow that that's perfect laplace's demon i summon laplace's demon he shows up immediately disappears huh must have known something we didn't and then they're attacked laplace's (laughs) demon is something that is knows what other people don't the whole thing is, he knows what you don't. <laughs> it's just stuff like that. It's glorious and it's amazing and it's very pretty. Uh, and I need to catch up on it. Cool. I think that'll do it for the end of this episode. We're going to be moving into the Justice League of America stories yes. next. Please don't suck. Yeah. Oh, well, it's Gardner Fox, so it's 50 50. Please don't suck. Six and one to pick him. So um, we'll, we'll know when we get there and we'll, we'll have all sorts of fun to talk about with the first stories and all of that. Shannon will be back with us because Wonder Woman's going to be in it. Wonder Woman! Maybe this version of Wonder Woman by Gardner Fox will be different. Maybe he makes her a little bit more interesting. We don't know. We don't know. We will know. find out. We haven't read Gardner Fox writing Wonder Woman, so we don't know what he how he writes her. Because she's a main character, not a sidekick. I'm we terrified. We will solve this case. We will do it. And uh, we will see you all next time. DC Detectives can be found on SoundCloud and iTunes. To stay in the know, check on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and dcdetectivespodcast.com. No matter how much we shadowed the wonder couple, we couldn't find the Diana we were looking for. The Silver Age took something from her, and even if Steve Trevor had mellowed somewhat, the feminist push of Wonder Woman was MIA. It hurt to put the case files away, but other jobs called. We'd gotten a tip to investigate the bravest and boldest of superhero teams, starting with their hidden HQ. And if we got there quickly enough, we might be able to meet a source by the name of Snapper.